0: So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we talk to leaders not only about selling, but more importantly, that human element. How do we get our people to let go of their fears so they become awesomer? And today I have Raymond Chin. Joining me, Raymond, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Umar. Thank you very much. So you're in the nation's capital, not Washington, D.C., but Canada, Ottawa, Ontario. How long have you been in real estate?
1: Uh, I've been licensed since 2008 and uh, been a full-time agent ever since.
0: So from 2008, uh, what were you doing before 2008?
1: I was actually working as a sushi chef once I graduated university and uh, trying to get uh, my life... uh, together to uh, go on to my next career, which was essentially supposed to be uh, law school, but uh, financially couldn't go any further. So I decided to uh, get my real estate license. At that time, it didn't really take too much time to do. Right. And uh, it's, it's a field where, you know, sky's the limit and you're on your own boss, you design your own times. So uh, sort of in the past life, I was a student slash uh,
0: res- restaurant chef worker, and now here I am. Actually, let's go back to sushi just for a moment because that is like exquisite detail. So, in a normal bar, the bartender is uh, like part psychologist, part uh, provider of drinks. So, the sushi relationship with somebody sitting at the bar is it similar or is it different? Like, do you become friends? Do they tell you their problems? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. It's somewhat similar. We, we don't actively sell alcohol in the bar then. <laughs> so in terms of them having a few drinks and then opening up, it's it's quite different. And, and uh, nowadays with COVID, obviously, I can't imagine uh, how that would work with someone sitting in front of you, if that's even permissible. But during that time, uh, people would be very intrigued on how do you make sushi. And normally they'll have two, three friends there, and they're generally caught up on uh,
0: their conversation rather than speaking with us. They just want their food. So with sushi, this is only a guess, because I eat like the girly sushi dishes, like sashimi is the most exotic that I get. But there needs to be precision when you're making uh, sushi. Number one, you're dealing with knives. But number two, the dish, if we can call it that, has to be precisely what it is. It doesn't sound like there's lots of room for messing up. Is that uh, a true statement on my part?
1: That's correct. Uh, It's a a very disciplined uh, type of work, and you're you're dealing with a lot of, of raw materials as well. So in, in terms of cleanliness, uh, having discipline on how to work with the foods you have, uh, that enabled me to bring on those disciplines into life in general, and also, believe it or not, into real estate up until the, uh, today, in terms of how to discipline yourself, how to do things a certain way, and maintain that consistency.
0: Absolutely. And that's where I was heading. Actually, I was talking to a coaching client a couple of days ago, and he is incredibly successful, but he was going back to, hey, I need to do open houses uh, for two reasons. Number one, you can make money at it. And number two, that you model the behavior you want the younger agents to do. doesn't matter how fancy you get, you need to do the basics every day. And certainly prospecting for him is between 10 and 11 o'clock every morning is a religious thing that he does. So sushi allowed you to have the discipline you needed. What was the most surprising thing when you came into the real estate industry of what you thought it would be versus what it actually was? Uh, Just that sense of uh, rejection,
1: growing a thick skin that you need, especially being a newbie, uh, people see right through you uh, because they'll ask you certain questions. And the most typical one is, how's the market? That's generally a test of You know what kind of agent are you, and of course, uh, they are generally intrigued on what's happening on the market. And I would stumble along the way and and give answers that were not of as value. So that was sort of the fear in the beginning, uh, not knowing how to connect people in that sense when they know you're a real estate agent, uh, but unable to give that
0: sense of value. Excellent. So, what were one of the uh, first lessons you learned in real estate? Let's say the first couple of years that you still hold on to today. That's a gr- another
1: great question. I would say do what you say and especially in a time frame that you promised it. So if you tell a client you know Tuesday uh, 2 p.m. I'll have that CMA ready for you make sure it's ready and that you're properly prepared. This is the biggest asset that you're dealing with anyone doesn't matter if it's a hundred thousand or hundred million this is their, their one of their biggest assets. They want to make sure that they're dealing with someone that's competent and most importantly that keeps their word.
0: So Raymond, everyone that's listening to this is like, duh, Raymond, of course you're going to do that. But the reality is agents don't, we don't outside. So people have the best of intentions and you work with other realtors and you employ realtors as well. Why do you think we do that, that we rationalize being late? Because we know we shouldn't do that, but a lot of people end up doing it. So what do you think the psychological issue is that allows people not to keep their word?
1: It, it just goes back to the discipline where uh, every day we're, we're distracted, even if, especially in this day and age we're in with the phone. The phone is the major distraction here where we're bombarded with so much information where we put priority, other priorities uh, in priority. And then it defers that priority where you're supposed to get to on a later date because you were distracted in the middle of it. So when I'm mentoring agents, I always let them know that whatever you're doing at that moment, finish that task. Unless it's something life-changing or it's going to affect someone, whether it's going to die, of course, uh, you want to attend to it. But if it's something that can wait another five minutes or even an hour or later on, do it that way or else you'll lose all structure.
0: Absolutely. And uh, so you're minding your own business and you're doing real estate and you did it for uh, probably uh, around about 11 years before you brought other agents in. So tell me about your career, how you progressed, and what were the learning lessons along the way. So your first year, how many transactions did you do?
1: Um, I grossed uh, a little over 100000 my first year, and I think I did about 20 transactions uh, in a city where I knew no one. I came, this is Capital City of Ottawa, I was born and raised in Montreal, came to, came to Ottawa, didn't know anyone. So I started building my sphere here, and uh, so one of on the, the spheres I've first off
0: 20 transactions, in the first year is huge. So tell me how you progressed from there on.
1: Um, it's just learning the processes of what it takes in this business. It's not rocket science. Real estate, selling real estate is not rocket science. It's all about consistency and doing the right things over and over again. And of course, evolve over time as new tools come in and and old tools that don't work. Well, should you keep them? Should you, is there a better a form of that tool? Uh, you're always constantly changing. So I'm a strong believer of evolving your business and never staying complacent. Unless there's no new tools out there that you should be using, I'm always open to trying anything.
0: Brilliant. And one of the problems that you hear is people want to... I'm going to take a time out there just for a second. I'm not sure if this is true, but this is the way I heard it. The franchise Subways, where they do sandwiches. Somebody had once asked, you know, who's more successful, MBAs or Farmers? Uh, Being a franchisee, and they said the farmers kick the NBAs' butt because all the farmers do is follow the process to the letter, doggedly, and the NBAs are like, "Hey, I got a better way. I'm smarter." And I think what you said was very much: do the basics, do them consistently, do them well, learn from your mistakes, and that's the pathway to success. Not going, I don't need to cold call, I don't need to do this, and trying to be cleverer than the industry giants.
1: I agree with that. There's no shortcuts in life. We look at all the successful people in our earth, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. If you look at their backgrounds, it's all hard work, and a lot of them have came out of strong adversity to get their get to where they are today. And I had a calling in in in, in my career where I was at a very low point, and uh, from that point, I told myself never again. I will get myself out of this. And anytime I feel lazy or I try to defer it on a different day, I'll remember that time. So I find everyone needs that sort of a ah moment and never to forget about that if they start getting lazy or complacent, if you want to do better.
0: Absolutely. And this moment, did it come in your real estate career, this uh, dark moment? Can you repeat that question? Uh, that dark moment you spoke about, did that come in your real estate career or previously? <laughs> Correct. It it came in
1: my real estate career. So what happened was after my first year, I knew nothing about personal taxes and I didn't follow taxes. And uh, when tax season came, just put it this way, uh, I owed a lot of debt and CRA, uh, the Canada Revenue Agency, they shut down all my accounts. I had no access to money at all, wow. even though I made a, a six-figure uh, um, commission income that year. I, I pocketed nothing, and uh, I wonder what I was going to do. So I called up a friend I actually met in the in Ottawa. We don't know. If, uh, met, have we haven't met very long, but no, but we've connected very well. I gave him a call. I said, "I, I, I need a favor. I'm in a bad situation. CRA froze all my accounts. Can you lend me a few thousand dollars?" He goes, "When do you need?" I go, "As soon as possible." So uh, within hours, he lent me five thousand dollars, and I can swear to you, from that five thousand, got to where I am today. I'm still very, very good friends with him, and I still remind him from time to time. I will never forget what
0: you did for me. And uh, after that moment, uh, here we are. Brilliant. And what's kind of interesting is uh, everyone, 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 everyone is going to face one of those dark moments. And you can do one of three things. And it's biologically hotwired. First thing we all do from rabbits to humans is freeze. And from that freeze Mm -hmm. moment, we need to figure out whether we're going to fight like hell or run like hell. And I think for people that come to it, it's either you cower down and basically go into defensive mode or you learn from the lesson and you move forward. And I think that's what leaders do. That's what winners do is move forward. And one of the ways to move forward is this, is number one, realize you've fallen down. Number two, take a deep breath. And that's all it takes is take a deep breath, go, Raymond, do it with me. Just take a deep breath in. Because the only thing you control in the entire world absolutely is your breath. And just taking that deep breath and going, okay, what do I need to learn from this experience? And what I teach my clients is, what's the smallest, tiniest thing I can do to go in the right direction? And whatever that tiny little thing is, take that step. And just by taking that step, it gets you unstuck and you start moving in the right direction. So I'm glad you had a friend that stepped up. And dear listeners, dear viewers... That there is more kindness in the world than you realize. That people are dying to help you. All you need to do is to ask. And when you're asked upon, is to help people that need it as well. Agreed.
1: And uh, that fight and flight moment uh, that I had, I could have just gone back home, uh, go live with my parents, wherever the case is. And I said, no, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I can't go any more lower than I can think of. I'm um, going to ask a friend who I don't know that well, but we connected very well and see if he's willing to uh, willing to help me out. And uh, he didn't even question it. I actually didn't tell him what it was for until after. Uh, all he knew is that I need that money. And um, he, he just says, when do you need it? Now and within hours, he gave it to me. And I put that to heart. It still puts me to tears every time I think about it. Oh,
0: nice. So we're going to give him a round of applause for stepping up. <laughs> So you're minding your own business, you're running your career, and you're probably looking around at other agents that have teams, and so when did you realize that you wanted to build a team, and what was the first uh, toe in the water where you tried to figure out how to get a team started? There,
1: there's so many uh, dynamics of how a team is structured, and I think it, what I've learned for myself at this point in time is, what are you looking for? Are you looking for more freedom? Are you looking to manage? There's just so much of a dynamic. Uh, so myself, it came to a cross crossroad cross where my business is uh, purely referrals, but I get so many leads that I don't really nurture or take care of, and that I would want someone to nurture and take care of those leads. And as well, if I want to take some time off, I can leverage time uh, with that agent that's part of my team instead of an agent that's in the office can i trade you time for time can you take care of my agent uh, my clients while i'm gone having that one agent or one partner i would call it a partner is that we can exchange time in that way uh, where if they need help and it still keeps it within that pot and i'm also helping that agent also grow uh, their database and essentially she has her database, we have the RC and Linda database, and then we have the Raymond Chin database. So that's worked out very well in correlation to the two uh, assistants that I have. But without veering off topic, is um, it got to a point where I had an overflow of business uh, for quite some time, which I, I sort of neglected. And I said, no, we shouldn't neglect this business. And what's a good way to capture that business and grow from there?
0: Nice. So you can go to any networking event when we used to have live events, throw a rock and hit four real estate agents. So how do you articulate your difference from the rest of your brethren?
1: Uh, I would say stay humble, stay hungry. This business brings a lot of, um, um, especially with uh, live stream TV, about how real estate agents operate, a lot of people get caught up uh, with uh, because we do deal with a lot of money, uh, got, get caught up with that aspect of real estate and uh, which is why, uh, I've never had aspirations to grow a big team. Uh, I grow as it becomes uh, necessary and uh, as long as we can handle it. So uh, I think what distinguishes us is we're very, very personal uh, with with our clients. We have an understanding of what their needs are, where it's really not transactional. So those leads that we've uh, that come in that I didn't handle before, I'll transfer it to to my partner, and then my partner uh, can see if a connection can be made there. Um, because uh, the business I've built is, is by, bus- uh, by referral only. So there immediately there's a connection there and the way I handle is much different uh, to what my partner, how she likes to cater her business. So it's a very good dynamic where we have good opposites, which creates a good uh, synergy there. So I think that's what makes us a difference as a team where we're able to handle at least those two different spheres uh, with uh, of business and with clients.
0: So two things come up. Uh, number one, one of the most successful airlines in the world is Southwest Airlines in the U.S. And I think uh, they're starting go international. And one of the things they used was we have one flight from Baltimore to Idaho. And when that starts consistently filling at uh, 80%, we're going to add another flight. And so they kind of grew organically. And sounds like that's what you did is, hey, you're going to grow as the need arises and not try and force it, which is... Uh, a really good strategy to use. But here's the second thing that comes up is when somebody does business with your company, there is a a look and feel to the transaction with you. How do you balance it when you have another agent that has a different vibe? Like you need to keep uh, consistency, but you also want people to be unique. So how do you manage that dilemma of keeping a brand and also uh, letting people be individuals? Um, The partner that I
1: have, uh, she made it very clear that she doesn't want any branding. She doesn't want any recognition. Uh, She just wants to sell real estate. She goes, Raymond, uh, I like to be partner with you because you have the branding. You bring in the business. I don't want to chase after leads. I don't want to build leads. I want the leads after you filter through you to come to me. Uh, it's, it's just a very unique synergy that we nice. have, and we actually have a third uh, agent as well uh, with a different synergy, which I was not actively looking for, but it just makes sense for us to do so. So it's all about uh, having the right personalities uh, that form the mold of uh, the uh, what I would like to call the RC brand. Brilliant. So
0: Raymond, before we part company, I've got two questions for you. Number one is uh, what is a mind hack? a technique that you use to be more productive or more successful that you'd like to share with our listeners and viewers? Um, Have a good
1: morning routine. Uh, So I'm up around 5.30 every morning. The first thing I do is I live in a two-story house, home, Uh, go downstairs and I drink, uh, I would say these cups of water about five and it's cold. Uh, That immediately shocks your system and it wakes you up. Then I have a cup of coffee or tea and then I start to work. So once I'm up from water to coffee to my office, it takes about 5 minutes, my brain is activated already. Then from 5:35 to about 7 a.m., I'm assigning tasks. I'm sending out messages because no one's really contacting me at that time. So when clients wake up, when when my team wakes up, they'll see that there's already things ahead of time, and I'm ahead of the curve. Nice. And then at and then at 7:30, I go out for my run. And from 7:30 to 8 a.m., I always listen to a podcast or listen to news. And no one disturbs me during that time. But it's a way to just stay calm. Sort of my meditation area uh, uh, time from 7:30 to 8. And then I normally, uh, I'm able to factor in about four to four and a half kilometers. 8 a.m., I'm back home. I always jog outside. Doesn't matter the weather snow, rain, there's no excuse. I have the gear. Sunshine, you're
0: going to go in sunshine too. Yeah, of
1: course. (laughs) And then from 8 a.m. to 8.30, I finish off my routine by lifts, uh, pull-ups, push-ups. In between that time, that's when messages start coming in. So I start replying messages um, in in between sets. 8.30, I stop. 8.30 to 9 a.m. is when I spend time with my family, getting the kids ready. And then from 9 to 9.30, I get myself ready, shower, and then get my suit on. And then I generally take appointments starting at ten a.m., 9.30, I generally have to transit right so I always stick to that routine and it primes my day and I'm, I never you know, I never get tired throughout the day and my energy lasts until I fall asleep
0: brilliant and uh, last question what's a book you'd recommend that people uh, read I don't read many books to tell you the truth but I do follow a lot of people uh, on
1: online And one of those people I follow is Gary Vaynerchuk, Uh, Gary V. He speaks to a lot of truth about what's happening today, not specifically about real estate, but the mindset on how to carry your business and how to um, speak with people in order to build that business. So although it's not real estate directed, there's a lot of qualities from it that will help you compel into this industry, at least for me.
0: Brilliant. Ray, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, It was a great conversation. The one thing I wrote down was stay humble, stay hungry is words to live by. Thank you very much, Umar. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and that is the fastest way to get better results.